A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, Beyonders. This is Chris with State of Fear Podcast, and you are listening to a fourth-hand production. Lee, what the hell, dude? Dude, okay. So the show sounds great, but Funkmaster B is kind of a problem. Okay, he keeps bringing these ho- like he keeps bringing these hoes in, or um, he calls them his hoes. I call them hookers, but um, you know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they're they're just they're. they're Oh, like they leave messes all over the place. You, you heard Dude, all I can the beer see cans. Beer I cans everywhere. Yeah, Jesus. like I'm tripping over them. It's it's gross in here. Dude, hey, we're we're about to start the show. B's in there. B. What up, man? What the hell, dude? Sorry, Lee. These hoes ain't housewives. B, you gotta clean up your mess, bro. That's all I'm asking. Bring as many hoes as you want, but you gotta clean up your mess, man. Shit. All right. Well, shit. There goes the cold open. I guess. Um, I guess we're just gonna do vampires again. B, get ready for the remix. Roll it. You are listening to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your one-stop shop for the outstanding, the unconventional, and the downright strange. Strap in because the boys are about to take a wild ride. I'm Funk Master B, setting up that tea for the duo of gum foolery. Your hosts, Dan and Lee. Of course I believe in aliens. I mean, in an infinitely growing universe, why would we be the only living species? Bigfoot, messy, all that stuff, it's gotta be real. How are we to say that we're the only ones? It's just ignorance. I think aliens are not only from other planets, but they're time travelers. Welcome back to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your home for the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Dan Martson. Recording just down from the crossroads where Robert Johnson made his infamous deal with the devil. And as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the immortal, question mark. Only on Tuesdays. 
<laughs> Guys, I'm Lee Eric. I'm coming to you from the Haunted Barn Studios that is in the Bell Witch's backyard. And I'm excited. We are revisiting a topic today. That topic is vampires. Now, Mike and I covered vampires, uh, you know, in the first uh, season. And uh, we, we covered it pretty thoroughly. But Dan, Dan thinks he can do a little bit better. Well, I don't know about that, but I just wanted to throw in my two cents because you guys like talked about vampire movies and stuff, and it just so happened that last month on HBO Max, I was watching like a shit ton of vampire movies, and I went back and listened to your old vampire show, and I was like, dude, I want to do that. It sounded, it was honestly, okay, this is an opinion. I think it was one of the best shows you and Mike did. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Because I'm... Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not an awful show. <laughs> it's, I mean, I know it doesn't do the numbers that Blue Book does. Blue Book is still far and away one of the best ones. Um, but it was fun. It was actually really informative. You guys covered a lot of different myths and stuff. Um, not just the movie tropes, but you guys mm-hmm. went back to origins and histories and all kinds of stuff that... Honestly, this show isn't really going to cover. <laughs> this is just me chiming in on the show you guys already did. But listeners, do go back and listen to that first vampire show because it is definitely worth your time. You know what? Screw it. We will drop the first vampire show again um, with this episode. Oh, yeah. Do it. That sounds great. Lee... Do you remember? What do you remember about that show? Uh, I remember that Mike had an obsession with Aaliyah from Queen of the Damned, I think. <laughs> I think there was a lot of Aaliyah from Queen of the Damned that Mike kept bringing up. Yes. That, <laughs> that is a recurring theme. That is in the show notes for that show. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I don't think you're I right. remember um, much else from there, but that that stuck out. Aaliyah did make an early and recurring appearance <laughs> in that episode. Um, in fact, that's like my first note um, <laughs> about about that episode is Queen of the Damned. So I guess we can cover that. But um, before we do, Lee, uh, a lot of this discussion is going to center around movies. Like vampires, very big in film. And I've got a couple theories about why that is. Um, but let me let me hear your thoughts first, Lee. Why do you think vampires are so popular on the silver screen? Uh, you know, there's a couple theories behind that. They're, they can be terrifying. And that is, that is something that when they're trying to make a horror movie, you, you want something that can be just terrifying, but also can hide in plain sight right um Mm -hmm. the other thing that i think it's kind of easier to do a vampire movie like if you think about it you don't need the prosthetics or all that other makeup or even cgi necessarily to do much to do a vampire movie you need some fake teeth and maybe some white makeup like exactly that was that was what i was gonna think exactly because like it's uh, you can't do a Bigfoot movie without a Bigfoot, without a creature, right? But a vampire, eh, it's just a person 
little makeup, some fangs. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Done. Movie. Yeah. So, so it is easier, especially back when movies were first coming out. Like that's where the that's where most of the classic vampire movies come from are back then. And when you look at right. them, it's it's a person. Like that, mm-hmm. they were much easier to have a movie monster that was a vampire or a mummy or even a werewolf because there's less work involved to create the um, the movie monster. So right. Well, Lee, speaking of movies and uh, doing less work, let's give a shout out right now to our friends at Simple Equations Media in Las Vegas, Nevada, who are a full service audio and video media company. They can help you out from pre-production all the way through post-production. They help us out with editing this show. Props to them. So, guys, if you've got a, a movie project, a vampire movie maybe that you want to do um call them up um you can consult with them at their offices in las vegas um you can find them on facebook or instagram at simple equations media um you can just google simple equations media or you can find them on twitter at simple equation underscore so, guys, they can, like I say, um, pre-production through post, consult with them. They can shoot it. They can edit it. Um, and they can do smaller projects, too. Maybe a music video for a garage band or, you know, putting together a podcast with these two schmucks. <laughs> Personally, I think that this is the best thing they've ever done. I've never seen anything else, just to throw that out there. This is the best thing that I've heard You are also extremely biased. This podcast is like your little baby. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It's like a person who has an ugly kid but is still super proud of them. <laughs> My child is so beautiful. <laughs> That's oh. this podcast. Um, so anyways, Lee, back to the movies, okay? Queen of the Damned. I have never watched this movie. What? It, yeah, dude. It really is um, pretty good. I mean, I personally was not as big of a fan of it as you know Mike was. Um, I did like uh-huh. Aaliyah in it. She was cute. She's hot. Right. Isn't isn't that an Anne Rice one though? Isn't that part of her vampire verse? I have no idea. There's Anne Rice has a pa- vampire verse. There's an Anne Rice vampire verse. Yes, dude. You know, interview with the vampire. Okay. All right. Right. Yes. She wrote that, and then there's a whole bunch of books that go along with it. It's not like just one book. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah, dude. Well, we're gonna find out. Uh, some people are really into it, Lee, and we're gonna talk about that later. We want to talk about movies right now because, like, that is. That's the entry point for most people to vampires is movies, right? Um, maybe not Bella Lugosi anymore, but uh, definitely, ah. yeah, definitely in the movies. And you guys talked about a bunch of movies in that first show. Queen of the Damned was one. Um, Lee, you made an allusion to Dracula 2000, mm-hmm. where like the Dracula origin is like he's Judas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you remember who played Dracula in that movie? This was a long time ago, Dan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it yeah, was a see, long time ago that I'd watched I'm the picking, movie. I'm really picking your brain here. 
Oh man, I have no. Uh, is it? Is it Jeffrey Dean Anderson? Negan? Eh, wrong. Wrong. No. How about none other than King Leonidas himself, Gerard Butler? Was it Gerard Butler? Gerard Butler, dude. Wow. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. I feel like I was at least in the ballpark. Like, they have some, right. like... Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, dude, um, King Leonidas was Dracula in that one. So they got a Scotsman to play Dracula. And, uh, you know, it worked. I, I think it's a Wes Craven movie. It's actually pretty yeah. good. It's cheesy. But, I mean, if you like Wes Craven, I like Wes Craven. So mm-hmm. the movie works for me. Yeah. It was an enjoyable movie. I liked it. Okay. And you guys talked about the Underworld movies and how they have way too many sequels, which is a fact. Absolutely. Well. Well-known fact. Even though a lot of people think, like, one of the last ones, like, the Rise of the Lycans one is, like, the best one, which, I don't know, they're entitled to their wrong opinion. The first one's the best one, clearly. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Um, But that's just me. That's what introduced <laughs> me to Kate Beckinsale. I think I was, uh, I was probably... 13 or 14 when that came out. I really loved me oh, some Kate yes. Beckinsale. Very young and impressionable at that age. I was you very <laughs> young and impressionable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know what you're talking Black about. Black leather bodysuit. Well, <laughs> well, Lee, then you said something that I can't let go. Okay, you're, you're upset with me now? It, it did. It cut me to the quick. Not just your perverted Kate Beckinsale fantasy, which is fine. I mean, wh- who didn't have that? after they saw that movie um but you said the land before time had too many sequels oh did that hurt yes you do not get to crap on littlefoot around me son okay all right (laughs) i stand by my statement there are a lot of sequels to land before okay well yeah there are um but that first one is so good the first so Land Before good. Time? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, I intentionally have not watched that movie for probably like 15, 20 years because I know it'll make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As an adult. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's good filmmaking right there. Um, another thing you guys talked about was celebrities who look like they could be vampires. Uh-huh. Okay. We're talking about the Keanu Reeves, the uh the mm-hmm. uh, um the what's his name? Uh Pollock? Yeah, Kevin Pollock. Yeah. Who some mm-hmm. people also think might be the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> you mean Saint Germain? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Count of Saint Germain. Jim Caviezel was the Count of Monte Cristo in the movie The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Count of Count of Saint Germain. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, if you've just tuned in, this is Beyond Terrestrial talks about vampire movies. <laughs> um, but yes, <laughs> it was. <laughs> so Keanu does have a like a few. Uh, historic doppelgangers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably more, I mean, he just has someone who looked like him. 
uh, back in the day. But Keanu, if he is a vampire, very smart to star as Jonathan Harker in the Dracula movie. Okay, yeah. All right. You remember that one? Where he has a terrible English accent? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very bad. And, um, oh, shit. Um, Who is uh, Dracula in that one, dude? He's Sirius Black. I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Oh, I've I've got a face, but I can't think of the name. I'm with you, though. You got to Google it, dude. Gary Oldman. Oh, I just thought of it. It's Gary Oldman. Oldman. Gary Oldman. Oh, my gosh. I beat you to it. I beat Google to it, man. Jeopardy champion. That's my shit. Uh, (laughs) Gary Oldman. Yes. So good. Literally so good. I didn't realize this movie came out in 1992. Dude, he is one of the best best character actors dracula's yeah oh so good yeah i mean he he's up there with lugosi in my mind oh yeah when you're thinking of the dracula oh yeah uh-huh yeah him like gary oldman christopher lee bella lugosi vampire off who wins mm, i'm trying to picture um christopher lee Sauron from the lord of the rings Still not with you. He was in the old Hammer uh, versions of the, you know, Hammer pictures. Christopher Lee. Okay, I'm with you. Well, Lee, I'm going to tell you who wins. It's Christopher Lee all day. He was uh, he was actually a spy in World War II. Really? Yeah, dude. Had legit killed people. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um... There's like a part of the movie, it, something in the Lord of the Rings, where someone gets stabbed or something like that, and they uh, they were gonna have the character go <gasps> and inhale, mm-hmm. and Christopher Lee goes to the director. He's like, no, no, no. When you stab a man, they exhale. <laughs> <laughs> it drives the air out of the lungs as you plunge the knife into their back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, true story. True story. Oh, I love that though. Like that is the most badass thing an old man could ever tell you, right? Like, like Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's when you're Christopher like, Lee. This guy would kill me. Like Yeah, real stud. Real stud that dude. So uh they don't make they don't make a lot like him anymore. So uh anyways. What other what other things did you guys talk about in that first show? Dude, this Greek myth of Ambrosio that Mike covered, okay. I had never heard that. You know what? I had never heard it either, and when you brought it up just now, it like all kind of come flooding back to me, but I don't remember the whole thing. Okay, okay. Well, let me give you a, a brief synopsis. Uh, Ambrosio mm. was in love with uh, Selena, and the gods would, I don't know, one of the other gods was into her or something like that, and they ended up cursing him. Uh, to an immortal life, to drink blood. And then Artemis, who is a huntress, had like a silver bow and it was like a whole deal. Um, and they're star-crossed lovers. I mean, classic Greek myth tragedy, mm-hmm. star-crossed lovers, the gods intervene, they can't ever be together. 
and Ambrosio becomes like the first vampire. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. I remember it now. Oh, it was Apollo. It was Apollo who was into his girl because Apollo is the sun god and that made it so he couldn't come out in the sun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, it was a great story. And you know what? When you and Mike said that should be a movie, mm-hmm. you were kind of right. Like, that would be a good movie. You know what? I think it would. Um, it'd be a good storyline to basically go off of. It would be like goth clash of the titans i know i know it might actually be pretty damn good uh shit yeah it'd be good yeah like imagine clash of the titans but then you have like this kind of emo-ish main character who gets cast out and becomes a vampire okay and is like um cursed by the gods you know like very very cool story about like and you could really tie in themes about like power structures and stuff like that if you wanted to. Um, and one man rebelling against, uh, you know, heaven, that sort of thing. It'd be a great story. I think they should cast Keanu Reeves <laughs> and have him play John Constantine. Keanu. Just, just like, <laughs> that's your character. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Dude, okay. Well, side note on Constantine. Um, so the character Constantine in the comics is actually modeled off of a celebrity, but it's not Keanu Reeves. Um, Oh no, definitely not. Cause Constantine came out before that. Yeah. Yeah. I, the comic, I'm trying to think of the name. Um, I'm thinking, uh, he's got one name. So it's, there you go. There's a hint. He's only got one name. He's only got one name. He's one of those celebrities with only one name. Sting. Yes. Nice. I was going to go with, uh, I, why can't I think of his name? James Dean. But then you said the one name thing, and I was like, ah, who's close to James Dean? But No, dude. He's supposed to be like Sting. So there you go. Um, honestly, like if they cast Sting now as like an old Constantine, mm-hmm. that could be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. So there you go. Those are my thoughts. Um, let's see some other things you guys touch on. You know what? Before we get back to any more, we've kind of exhausted our pop culture round. Now we're going to get into some real stuff. But before we do, Lee, we should probably take a break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. So, but we can't say the things that we normally say on our podcast. That is correct. So I couldn't say something like beep. And like I, that. D- I definitely couldn't say beep, 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 and uh, beep, beep. I am not doing this bit. <laughs> <laughs> too late. He's too deep in. Anyway, this is Alex Austin from Ronan Geek Official Podcast. And in the room with me today, I have Plebeian Pirate Adam. And? And just Rob. And just Rob. And we are here to advertise Ronan Geek Official Podcast. We are a geek news and comedy podcast direct out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. So if you want some Canadian flavor on your geek comedy news, make sure to give us a listen each week for gaming, movies, and TV. We'll give you some reviews. We'll give you some some spoilers and we'll give you probably a lot of other stuff you didn't ask for so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so join us wherever you find your podcast and we look forward to having you listen to us yay, yay. and we're back all right lee so we've talked about vampire movies that 
you guys discussed, ones that we all love. Um, there's there's plenty you didn't cover, and we'll get to that. But you also discussed um, some some real life places and uh, some history of the Clarksville area, which we've done a little bit on lately. Do you remember that? Uh, no. Oh, see. Do you recall the Transylvania colony? No, I don't. <laughs> so, so when um, when territory west of the Allegheny Mountains was first settled uh, around what is today mostly Kentucky and parts of Ohio and Tennessee, it was called Transylvania. Nice. Okay. And. This is something you mentioned in the show, and it piqued my interest, Lee. There's a Transylvania University right here in the United States. Really? Yes, dude. And sadly, despite... <laughs> I think I think it was actually maybe founded before Dracula came out. So I, I can't remember when Dracula was published, but I'm pretty sure it's 1800s. Um... So Transylvania University was one of the first universities west of the Allegheny Mountains. It's a private university, and their mascot is not the vampires. <laughs> That's a completely miss op- missed opportunity. At I least know, be well, a bat, right? Like, <laughs> uh, well, again, I think the university came before the um, before the yeah book. So. In any case, though, like I would still like I would make that transition. <laughs> it's a private yeah, university. Yeah, they've had hundreds of years to change it. They should. Mm-hmm. But what do you think their mascot is? Mm. Remember, we did this before with uh, the <laughs> Jewish University of Israel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I actually looked it up. What do you think it is? Mm. Badger. No. Fox. The person. It's a job that a person has. Well, not exactly a job. A way to describe a person. Minor? Ooh, close. No, Lee. Pioneers. Pioneers. Pioneers, huh? Yes. Um, because the Transylvania Territory was explored early on by a one mr daniel boone daniel boone daniel boone was a mountain man yes so yeah it's a division three school they're private um very small but has an illustrious history of uh producing uh american politicians really even even vice presidents and i think even jefferson davis um if I read that right. So, yeah, I mean, lots of senators, all kinds of stuff. Very wow. big deal. Wow. Yeah. So props to them. Go Pioneers. Go Pioneers. <laughs> it's it's in Lexington, Kentucky, Lee, which is a college town, but like for a bigger SEC school. So <laughs> that's probably why no one cares about it anymore. Hmm. Fair. So what are you eating it's a donut. I'm sorry, guys. 
I'm sorry. You should you should bite if is it jelly feel filled? You should bite into it and suck the jelly out. Ooh, it wasn't jelly filled. And I've already eaten it all. <laughs> it was a chocolate cake donut. Oh, there you go. Um, well, Lee, there's one last thing you guys talked about that's real life that is very pertinent to right now, this moment. Um, the intersection of politics and monster movies. Yes. I read that article uh, once a long time ago, and um, I, I really think it's amazing. Um, so essentially, uh, Dan, I'm just going to jump in here. Essentially, I read an article a long time ago. I have no clue where it was from, but I read it. And <laughs> I definitely can read. <laughs> I definitely can read. Like, um, it essentially instigate or insinuates that during democratic administrations in the presidency or democratically controlled um uh, uh what, what is governments. It? governments governments just yeah during okay. a democratically controlled government you see a wave more often of vampire movies you saw it during the clinton administration um there was vampire movies they started coming out and they were they were going pretty strong right up until about 2000 or so um when george w came in um, then you saw a rash of monster movies or um, zombie movies. And um, what it is believed is the reason for this correlation is Republicans view Democrats as bloodsuckers. Like they, they, they leech the, the money from people that have it to give it to people that don't have it. Um, so that's like like a vampire Democrats mm -hmm. view Republicans as um, like feeding the hungry masses and basically is the equivalent of like, you know, burning fossil fuels and, and just all consuming that no, no like give back or anything like that. Oh, like, like locust, like locust. There you go. Uh huh. There you I go. See. And locust, um, Ironically, resemble um, zombies in a way. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, but, Lee, I don't know about this, about this politics and uh, monster movies. Because, like, uh, didn't most of the Blade movies come out in, like, the 2000s? Like, during the Bush administration? I mean, come on now. So, I don't know. But that is, it is kind of true. There was an uptick in um, zombie stuff around that time. I think maybe the correlation is more like zombies, zombie movies tend to be apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe some of the people who are in control of making movies uh, think about uh, Republicans in a certain way that leads them to a post-apocalyptic sort of vision. Um, and they envision, uh, you know, the, the angry, the angry masses of middle America, maybe as the, uh, 
as the zombie horde. I don't know. Um, and I think it's the reverse. It's not the, uh, the vampire doesn't represent, uh, Democrats as a whole. It represents more of a Republican view of Democrats as like elitists, right? Because mm-hmm. like wh- what vampire is uh, a slob, like a schmo? Fair, <laughs> right? that's fair. Like they're all rich, they're all counts, um, and they're all they're all duplicitous, right? You know, they'll deceive you and they'll lie to you and they get you sucked in. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, they got you. Uh-huh. Now you're a vampire too. Um, um, I, I love where you're going, but I have to interject with one thing. Blade came out in, ni- in 1998 was when, when the first Blade came out. Ooh, okay, now, the first Blade. Okay, that's okay. Now you argue that they already started the franchise in 1998. The rest of the movies came out afterwards, but still. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, that's fair. Dude, I rewatched the Blade movies. That was part of my, like, vampire binge uh-huh. that I went on. Um, you know, the first one, classic, timeless, so good. Mm-hmm. Um some bad CGI at the end, but otherwise just fine. The second and third, meh. Isn't meh. the third one where Ryan Reynolds get gets blown up? No, no, no. The third one, uh, Ryan Reynolds is actually a vampire hunter. Oh, it's it's like him, Jessica Biel, and Blade team up against uh, Triple H and uh, some other people. Who are the vampires? I think Triple H gets blown up. Um, I'm talking like, is it the first movie where it's like the blood, the blood medicine blows up a vampire? I, I think it's. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I thought that was Ryan Reynolds, but no, it was. No, no. The first one is uh, with Deacon Frost as the bad guy. The first one has such a great opening scene. Now we're back to movies. The first one has a great opening scene where, um, you know, they're in the club, the vampire club, and it starts raining blood from mm-hmm. the sprinklers. Yes. And there's the one guy in there who's a human, and but then Blade shows up and kicks everyone's ass. So good. Best way to start the movie. Um, that really hasn't been replicated. Dude, um, have you heard about the next Blade movie. I've not heard much about it. I've heard that it's coming. Yes. So it is going to be full-on part of the MCU. And the new Blade is Mahershala Ali. Uh, He was in the last season of True Detective. Okay. Uh, And he was also in Moonlight, if you watched that movie, which is also a really good movie. Nope. But has nothing to do with vampires, even though it's called Moonlight. It has a title that could be a vampire movie. Or a werewolf movie. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not about any of those things. Fair. Fair. Um, I still so. don't know who you're talking about, but that's okay. I trust you. I think I've seen a picture of him. Dude, he's going to be great. Um, he's going to be great. So I'm excited for it. Um, so here we go with some stuff that you didn't mention. Some vampire things movies films books that you guys didn't talk about okay number one my all-time favorite depiction of vampires salem's lot by stephen king oh the movie salem's lot or the the book no the book the book dude okay the book stephen king the book's always better okay 
All right. I never well, read that, it. Okay. I, I take it. Okay. I mean, some of the Stephen King adaptations are classics. Like The Shining is such a great movie, even though it's not a faithful adaptation of King's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I can't say always, but usually the books are way better. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I um, never read that one, so I didn't have that for context. Dude, it is so good. The vampire in that book, uh, his name is Barlow, and he scared me more than any other vampire I've ever seen to this day. Really? Yes. Um, because he he doesn't come to, uh, you know, a big city. He doesn't go to London or whatever. Uh, he ends up in a small town, and I grew up in a small town. So, like, it was scarier where, like, the people you know are suddenly becoming vampires and manipulated by this character, and the town just withers and dies. Um, oh, wow. And, like, the the priest uh, comes to ward him off with a crucifix, but then he loses his faith, and uh, the crucifix, like, stops working, and the vampire defiles him and casts him out uh wow and it's yeah dude it's pretty crazy um it is well worth a read it's one of his earlier works um so like uh if you've ever read stephen king you know like carrie and the shining and uh cujo and some of those things that he did early on are kind of a different read than the stuff that he puts out now well yeah i mean he was on cocaine and all sorts of other drugs that during that time so right (laughs) well that's that's true but you know what the um i think the books kind of relate to him well all his books relate to him in a very distinct way um and he's even written himself into some of his books um but like i mean the shining when you read it like it's so much about alcoholism that Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just comes through and like his experience comes through in the horror. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've got Salem's lot. What's next, Dan? Okay. Here's one that I, it's like a guilty pleasure. All right. Priest. Priest with Paul Bettany priest. Yeah. With Paul Bettany and Carl Urban. Yeah, isn't that the isn't that like <sighs> and Maggie Q, who is fantastic in that movie? Go Maggie didn't, Q. Didn't that movie go straight to DVD in like Alberta? No, no, no. It was awful. Like it was just not good. I said it's a guilty pleasure. I didn't say it was good. Okay. All right. Can't a man have a guilty pleasure? I come out here. I bear my guilty pleasures to the world. And you just crap on me, Lee. I I do. I do. I'm not proud of you for that one, Dan. Wow. A lot of things in my life that I'm proud of you for, but not that one. Well, dude, there's like Maggie Q doing Kung Fu and stuff, man. And Carl Urban. Carl Urban's so good. And he like hams it up as the bad guy in that movie. I do love Carl Urban. (laughs) See? All right. See, now you're on my side a little bit. Fair enough. And I like Paul (laughs) Bittany, too. So, Yeah. He's really good. Um, he's kind of one note in that in that movie, but I mean, 
whatever. Um, that's not his fault. Okay, now here's one. I I want to see if you've seen this one because <laughs> I haven't, but I keep seeing it in my in the Netflix role, The Vampire's Assistant with John C. Riley. No, haven't seen that one. <laughs> I I haven't watched it because I just can't get past the guy in Step Brothers being a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to call him Dragon. <laughs> I want to watch him do his drum solo at the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> I would watch that movie and then want to watch Step Brothers more. And so I could never get through it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um one one TV show I started recently and i'm only a little bit into it so bear with me on this one so i i literally started the first episode and was like what am i watching but it's like growing on me in hindsight okay tell me about it what we do in the shadows oh dude yes so good you should watch the movie really yes it's a taika waititi movie oh i haven't seen that one is it a movie or is it a TV show? Mine's like a uh, a Netflix or not a Netflix, but FX, Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on FX. Yeah. Um, but yes, dude, what we do in the shadows. It's a great TV show. It's based on a movie that Taika Waititi did. Taika uh, is that a New Zealand dude? Yeah. Did he, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And Jojo Rabbit. Um, dude, it's hilarious. So good. It's got a bunch of the people from um, Flight of the Concords in the movie. Okay. What I like about it it. is it's like an adaptation of, like, The Office. Like, it's filmed like The Office, right? Yes. But it's, so it's, like, filmed like mocu-documentary kind of thing. (laughs) Okay. so fucking stupid. my My favorite part of what they do in the shadows is where they explain why vampires like virgin blood. Did you get that part? <laughs> I don't think I got that part. I got I got to the part where they introduced the uh the I can't even remember his name, but the energy vampire and like, oh. <laughs> and everybody just hates him and he walks up and just starts yeah. talking and he's like so uh yeah and everybody's energy's just getting drained. <laughs> I know. And you're just like he's you just guys- a, he's just a person that like sucks your life away like i we, I, Dude, we all met yes. him like yes you guys you guys talked about that in the first show too so props to you guys for getting uh energy vampires um but dude the so the reason why vampires like virgin blood right is imagine if you were going to eat a sandwich right okay you would probably enjoy that sandwich more if you knew somebody hadn't fucked it Oh, (laughs) (laughs) such a true story. Yes, dude. That's in the movie. You got to watch it. All right, guys, what we do in the shadows, we can't plug it enough. Um, Let's see. Here's some other here's some other ones that you didn't cover. Um, Fright Night. You remember Fright Night? No. Oh, dude. So there's two versions of it. There's like the 80s one, which is very much like uh, kids fight the 
bad guy, Spielberg-inspired sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the remake that had Colin Farrell as the bad guy, as the vampire. Okay. I don't remember either of those. Both versions, pretty good. Okay. Um, All right. And then um, Let the Right One In. Have you heard about this one? Or let, or I think there was an English remake of it called Let Me In. No, um, sorry. Okay, I, so I shook you, my head and like, <laughs> this is an audio medium. I'm sorry, listener. No, Dan, I do not know that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So let the right one in, Lee. It's like a Swedish movie, okay? Um, and it's got a kid vampire. Okay. And you know how vampires have to be invited in, right? Mm-hmm. So she she's like out in the cold, knocks on the door. Um, this kid lets her in, finds out she's a vampire, and like she's a creepy kid vampire, and she kills a bunch of people. Um, and it's just like weird as hell, especially the original Swedish one. Okay. Really weird. Um, they did an English remake where like an Americanized version where they tamed it down a little bit. Um but it's worth going to watch it in subtitles because um, it's creepier, I think, the original is. Okay. All right. Now, you mentioned that movie, and it, it just brought something to mind for me. Black-eyed okay. children. Oh, yeah, dude. If you think about, like, when the stories of these black-eyed kids, they always need to be invited in. They always need to be invited. Like, they want you to invite them into your home. Um so is that a supernatural rule, or is it just? Are they you know just what? vampires? I think it is a broader rule amongst uh, supernatural entities. They do have to be. If they come to your house, you got to let them in. Okay. Um, if you go out looking for them, that's a different story. But if you go to, if they go to your house, you got to let them in. Okay. So never let them in like that. Do don't do it. Not I just don't it. let anybody into my house. I just say no. You can't come in. Yeah, just talk to him out on the porch. There you go. My Um, kid comes home from school. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. GTFO. (laughs) Um, Speaking of GTFO, we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back. An old wine cabinet said to be possessed by a demon which invokes nightmares and physical harm. An island full of giant rabbits, said to appear once every seven years off the coast of Ireland. A rural family that in the dead of winter walked one by one into their barn, but never walked out. The world is full of fascinating mysteries, and the Blurry Photos podcast sheds light on the darkest corners of the unknown. With a new storytelling-focused format, Blurry Photos brings legends to life and examines if there's any fact behind the supposed fictions. Join me, David Flora, as I explore the unexplained and explain the unexplored on the Blurry Photos podcast. And we're back. Dan was just telling me about all the things we did wrong on our last vampire episode in the first season (laughs) when Mike was my co-host. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little hurt. Um, little bit like <laughs> just a little bit like mm, sad, kind of feeling bad about myself. 
Keeps talking wow. about movies that I've never heard of. Wow. Things from Sweden and stuff. It's weird. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm a cinephile and I had something to add to the conversation. <laughs> no, it's all Listen, good. We're having a great discussion. Sorry. We're guys. having a lover's spat about vampires now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lee, you kind of touched on psychic vampires a little bit. Yes. And there's, and I touched on Stephen King a little bit. I don't know if you know this, but there is a perfect melding of the two in a book and movie called Dr. Sleep. No. Yes. Check it out, dude. It is so good. It's got Ewan McGregor. Okay. And he plays an older version of Danny Torrance, Uh, who was the kid in The Shining. Okay. All right. That's what he, he's the kid in The Shining, grown up. Okay. Um, he becomes an alcoholic just like his dad. Um, crap happens. He gets sober. He moves to a small town. Uh, he finds someone else who has the shine, and she has seen visions of these psychic vampires that are like murdering kids for their uh, smoke, which is essentially their souls. And okay. they suck it up, and it helps them uh, live forever. Okay. All right. I yes. like it. Yes. Dude, way good. Yeah, I like it. That's that's a good storyline. Um, And what's cool is in the movie, the movie is more of a sequel to the movie version of The Shining, where the book is a book sequel to the book version. Okay. Yes. So, so it kind of stayed true ha- to the... the- to what people have seen, to the medium mm-hmm. that each one was produced in. Okay. Very cool. I like that. Um, and yeah, these psychic vampires, they have like a little coven, you know, there's uh, different ones um, and they have like psychic powers and one of them's like really old, like goes back to like gladiator times and he's supposed to be like the inspiration for Dracula and all this stuff. Okay. All right. I like it. Yes. Yes. So, really cool. Um, But um, psychic vampires, Lee, are a thing that is allegedly real. Like, here we go. Like, this is the, like, cryptid uh, paranormal examination part of the show. We've talked about movies. Psychic vampires, allegedly real, Lee. Your thoughts. All right. So, have you ever been, let's, someplace any place and you met a person that just takes everything out of you dan have you ever had that i mean other than talking to me (laughs) yes yes i have yeah i know there's some people who uh it just requires a lot of energy to deal with these people exactly and that energy it's like it's being sucked out of you it's like um I remember like situate like situations where th- literally like I see that person coming and I'm just dreading it because I know they're going to be talking to me again about something um, that doesn't matter. Just right. does not matter. Um, <laughs> like, there's no. Yeah. Um, and it's oh. exhausting. OK, Lee, check this out. I found an article about psychic vampires on a website that you might know called Medium. Okay. 
All right. Um, and it took this subject very seriously. Very um, seriously. Hey, remember earlier when you said Google? <laughs> I Googled Google it. it. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Went a little bit Mike Myers Google. with it. The Google it. <laughs> or like the Swedish chef. Googly doogly. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Back to the story. <laughs> we we were talking about Sweden earlier, so that works. Um, but yeah, no, it, it took this subject very seriously. Um, and essentially, the way they described it, a psychic vampire is someone who can manipulate your spirit energy. Okay. Um, so there's, of course, the physical world, and then there's, like, the spirit world mm-hmm. um, underneath it. And this person who authored this article claimed to be able to see into the spirit world. Okay. Um, and essentially, <laughs> well, part of this article was crazy. Like, essentially, if you see a couple people physically sitting with each other talking, um, their spirits will be acting out however the people feel. So if one person, like, hates another one, like, the spirit might be trying to choke him or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> or if they're, like, deeply in love, maybe the spirits are getting freaky deaky while the people are just talking. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> dude, it, it was a crazy article. Um, but essentially... Um, the idea was that mental issues that people have, like depression, are not um, biological issues. They are not natural. And they are caused by these psychic vampires who have manipulated your energy and are taking something from you. As a person that suffers from anxiety and depression, um, I'm slightly insulted by that. You know what? I thought it was um, not the best way to describe uh, people's mental health problems. Like, um, it's it's like we know what serotonin is. So, <laughs> like, we know the effect that these neurochemicals can have on people's bodies. Um, and it's it's a little bit off. But the article goes on to say that you have to allow these psychic vampires in and most people do it unconsciously and it can happen when you're a child and you can't defend yourself. Um, so yeah. And like there were, there were some examples, again, more problematic examples in this article that they use uh, related to like rape and stuff like that. That was really messed up. I won't go into it. Um, but yeah, it was a weird article, but essentially once you let someone in, they can manipulate that spirit from wherever. Um, and once they're inside your head or your spirit world, uh, they are draining you. Um, and that can cause you a whole host of physical problems Hmm. and mental issues. I prefer my energy vampire theory, um, more, and <laughs> right, right. I think the Stephen King ones are better, and they're like you know kid murderers. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Right, but at least at least they're cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> these ones are like, um, I don't know, just kind of mean and weird. And um, 
And the thing, okay, so how do you think you can defend against this type of spiritual vampire? I'm, I'm assuming silver bullet to your head. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, that sounds close. Uh, no, they, the, the idea was like intention. You have to do things with intention. Um, and so like when you, when you, feel, I don't know, man, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me, but the idea the idea that someone could sell this notion that they can see the spirit world to other people was a little far-fetched for me. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, but at the same token, there is some truth to it. Like if you let someone get inside your head, mm-hmm. right. And you spend a lot of time thinking about a person who could be like an energy vampire, who's a negative effect. Um, there is some truth to that. So, like this person just took it a little too far and a little too weird for me. <laughs> yeah, there there's definitely some truth to that. You see it in a lot of uh like bully and victim scenario where the victim starts to um worry so much about what the bully's going to do next that the bully has total control over their actions. Right. Right. Well, and you know what? Um like in this explanation that I saw, um, you could blame all kinds of things on psychic vampires mm-hmm. um, and really not take control of your life. If you want to, if you want to blame something, I, well, I guess again, this kind of goes with uh, what the person was saying. If you look for blame, if you look for excuses, you're not really living with intention, I guess is part of the idea. So who knows? Maybe, I don't know. It was weird. Let's just all it was get very on the new sa- agey, very new agey. Let's all get on the same page, blame the government, and then be done with it, okay? <laughs> They're the ones covering it up. Or like space vampires. You know, you can't see space vampires because telescopes use mirrors. Oh, that's a problem. That's a real yeah. problem. And uh, there was a space vampire thing written by George R. R. Martin, Night Flyers. Check it out. They did a TV show. Okay. So there's another pop culture reference. Boom. You thought we were done. Ha, we got more. (laughs) They just keep coming. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Last thing on vampires. People who live, quote unquote, the vampire lifestyle. (laughs) Lee's face. Lee just like face palmed hard. Oh my gosh. So, um... There's a couple stories that I remember um, of that kind of thing where this group of teenagers started a vampire coven and it like culminates in them like killing one of the other or one of the kids in the coven. And it just, yeah, that was a true thing that happened in, I I can't remember if that happened in like Kentucky or Florida, but yeah. Yeah. It's one of the two, like seriously, I, I, Florida really pops into my mind. But when you said Kentucky, I was like, (laughs) I think it was, I think it started in Kentucky and then they traveled to Florida. (laughs) See, it's perfect. It's (laughs) the the most terrible combination of things. (laughs) David from, uh, David Flora from blurry photos. Please don't take that as us saying that Kentucky is all awful um it's just mostly awful <laughs> no Lee, you live right next to kentucky you don't <laughs> so 
Um, so, Lee, yeah, the vampire lifestyle, it's a thing uh, that exists, evidently. It feels like um, it's like uber goth, <laughs> right? Like, Well, it actually blew up in popularity around the time of the interview with the vampire movie. Okay. Um, people really got into Anne Rice and her books. Um, and then there was also a role-playing game is like Vampire the Masquerade, which I don't know how much influence it had um, or if people just really like to play, to blame role-playing games on like um, deviant behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah, you see it with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah. You see it with like Grand Theft Auto because even though it may not be a board game, Grand Theft Auto is a role-playing game. So, oh yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah. Um, you do kind of inhabit that character, um, but yeah. So this is linked up with uh, something called Renfield's syndrome, which is um, kind of the kind of the need to suck blood. It's a psychological condition, and sometimes it's um, autoerotic. Anything that's autoerotic is interesting to me, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, cutting yourself to suck your own blood and then try and get off is a little bit weird, but... Oh, yeah, that, um, that's no fun. Yeah. So, Renfield's Syndrome, named for the human familiar in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. Um, so, it's it's a weird thing, but, like, that is, like, an ex- an extreme case... And it's usually one person doing it to themselves uh, for some weird uh, fetish. Um, Not the same as the vampire lifestyle, which is consensual among adults um, and is is a thing. Um, They have donors. Sometimes the donors will, um, you know, cut themselves and then put the blood through like a surgical tube or something into a vessel that people can drink. Sometimes if they're willing, uh, they'll let the vampire suck it straight out of the wound. Sexy. And then they, cl- and then they clean it and dress it. And there you go. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Hmm. Sounds like an easy um, way to get an infection. You know how much bacteria is in a person's mouth? That's <laughs> right, why we're wearing dude, masks right. right now, right? Like, Not very smart in this pandemic day. And now now we're all like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you let someone get in your six-foot bubble? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that's a, that's a thing some people are into. Um, and some people in this vampire community claim to be psychic vampires. And they do look for... Uh, willing hosts to I don't know suck energy out of I also look for people to suck in no wait from for for people to suck energy out of me um that's what I'm hoping for sometimes <laughs> well it sounds like Funkmaster B's bringing a few of them around son yeah but I know <laughs> You just don't have the extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you want to donate anything to uh, to Beyond Terrestrial, you can go to oh, patreon.com. Oh, no. 
<laughs> Our Patreon is not your hooker fund. <laughs> it is not. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that is for the studio. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Um, evidently, that's a real thing that people really do pretend to be vampires. Um, now, the question this is the last part of the show here, Lee. The question is why and where. Um, where do these stories come from? Why do people connect to them so much that they try and live as vampires? Um, we kind of touched base on where they come from in the first show. And it, it is strange that so many different cultures, so many different um, groups of people... Um, different religions, different cultures, different uh, different time frames, all have similar um, depictions of a vampire. Uh, it is it is an interesting thing. Is it something that we instinctively see and and imagine? Is it something that? actually does or did exist at some point i don't know i know that a lot of them um like the more classic view of the vampire the modern day has i mean was most likely created because of what was at that time called consumption but we know as tuberculosis um which create or which turns you know the person unfortunately into what definitely appears to be a vampire um, their skin gets pale. They um, start to cough up blood, so there's often blood leaking out from around their mouths. Um, and they they get weaker, and they just slowly wither away. Um, yes. It, it's really close to the current depiction of a vampire, right? Um, right. And, and in a time where you have no scientific explanation, uh, a story kind of makes some sense. Yeah. Um and there are some other diseases out there that have uh, vampire-esque uh, leanings. There is a, I don't know the name of it, but there is a uh, disease that makes a person uh, literally unable to go out in the sunlight. Like, they, they would burn almost instantly within a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so that is could be, you know, the basis of some of it. The the real hard part with it is where do you separate the fact from the fiction? Um, where is a legend? Where is the factual basis of the legend? Um, you see it with like Greek myths. Like there is so much crazy Greek myths out there. The, um, mm-hmm. They were they were so out there. Um, and that one's hard because where do you where do you separate the the story like the the fiction from the fact and it to me it's confusing i don't know dan i don't know where it comes from yeah okay okay check this out um so you hit you touched on consumption which is a great one um tb is is a disease that wastes people away over a long period of time uh when there was no treatment for it yes um so uh these people were dying in front of their friends and family Uh, and everybody knew it. Like everyone knew what was going on. Um, 
like people ha- were much more in tune with death back in that in the day because more people died um and so that's definitely one of them another one lee um is one you guys touched on a little bit that i want to do a little bit more on rabies okay rabies a very scary disease um back in the day uh because you couldn't inoculate any animals against it so it could be the basis for werewolf stories it could be the basis for vampire stories um because people when they get it they go hydrophobic they go crazy um and you know one of the animals that is a common carrier of rabies also associated with vampires the bat along with wolves that are also associated with vampires right yeah Uh, i think in in dracula aren't those the two animals yeah, those are Dracula the two things into. he can become. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it's a whole thing. Um, and then the other is, like I was saying, uh, you know, just death in general. I mean, people back then had to deal with death a lot more. Um, and so stories about death or the undead um, were creepier to them. Yeah, because it's always a lot closer. Yes. Um, and it's and if you can't explain how a person died and you have this this story, this myth in your head, um, like you you can imagine why people would drive a stake through a recently dead corpse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that could also it could also rabies could also be part of the uh, the the myth of zombies as well. Zombies tends to yeah. be a more modern, um, modern movie monster, but it's still. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the, the original, uh, night of the living dead mm-hmm. is uh, actually a really interesting piece, um, with its themes of racism. Yeah. So that's not something a lot of people explore. Um, they, you know, they watch a movie, they watch a zombie movie, um, but the racism, the the themes, the tones, it's all in there. Um, and like the Romero is trying to reflect part of the world. And that's the same thing with these stories. They're trying to reflect the times that they were created in. You're absolutely right. They do reflect the, the times that they're created in. And they're they're basically the best explanation for the situation that the people had at that time. Um is that fully what it is? Because there's some very weird-ass vampires out there. Um, if you look at Chinese vampires, there's a couple different... Or they're like, you know, Asian world vampires. They get kind of crazy to the point where... I think in Japan... It might... Maybe Japan. It, it's one of the... One of the, you know, Far East countries um, that the the vampire, like is a, almost always a woman and she separates from her lower half and she's a floating like head and um like head and shoulders essentially and whoa that's weird yeah and the and the and then during the day she's just a regular woman um kind of like a weird succubus but like floating in a pond yeah kind of yeah crazy um 
Well, and you know what? Like, there's a little bit of science to it um, that ancient people might have been able to suss out. Um, in a time you can imagine when people were like doing bloodletting and stuff like that, the idea of young, healthy blood, uh huh, replacing old blood. And there's been like legit scientific study done on it. And the consensus is that it's mostly bunkum, but there, like I said, there are cases where it could be true. And there are companies that will actually give you young blood plasma transfusions. And guess what one of them's called? Ambrosia. Oh. Like Ambrosio from the Greek myth. Oh, that's yes. good. That's good. Ambrosia was also the food of the gods. So, like, that was, like, a thing. So. Yeah. Um, that's what kept them immortal. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, we got fear of death. We've got a little bit of science that relates to it. Um, one thing that I want to add in there. Uh, probably the last thing is a uh, fear of damnation. You can imagine in a world dominated by the church, the idea of living, uh, you know, a cursed immortal life is not very appealing to people. I, I mean, I guess back then. Yeah. Now I'm just kind of like, sweet, you live forever. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, infinite possibilities but yeah, I mean, to mess up and fix it. Like, Right. And and stories about like energy suckers and blood suckers go back before uh monotheism came in, but um you know, once the church is established, they kind of blend together. I mean, you know how uh the church co-opted a pagan holidays and all sorts of things. Oh yeah. And this and this has clearly become part of the vampire mythos in uh, like Western culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I love that though. I love vampires. One of the coolest movie monsters. Yes, for real. So guys, we talked about a bunch of movie monsters, of uh, great vampires. If there's any we missed, I mean, we went Lugosi. We went with the Hammer movies. We went all the way up uh, through Anne Rice. Um, and we got to where we are now. Uh, I even covered Priest, which Lee crapped on, but I think is good. <laughs> um, I mean, whatever. We did we did a Swedish movie. Uh, there's probably a bunch of foreign vampire movies out there that we didn't watch. I guess we didn't mention Nosferatu, but you guys did in the first one. Mm-hmm. Between, th- between these two shows, I think we've covered most vampires. Yeah, I think so, too. <gasps> oh, no, wait! <gasps> Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter! Oh, uh, I don't remember that one. It's on Amazon Prime, dude. Oh, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. It is such a B movie. Like it it's not even a B movie. It's like a D movie. <laughs> Speaking of bad movies, you should check out our sister podcast What the Suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, this would be a great movie for What the Suck. Um it's Canadian. It is over the top. There's a luchador um, if you want to see Jesus and a luchador fight lesbian vampires, go on Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> wait a minute. I wait a minute. This movie has everything. This has a leech- luchador, <laughs> Jesus, vampires, lesbians. Yes. 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 
You you sounded like Stefan from that Saturday Night Live skit. This movie has everything. This movie has everything. <laughs> but it does. Check it out, guys. Um, get onto our Facebook page and our Facebook fan group, Beyonders, fans of Beyond Terrestrial Podcast. Um, tell us what your favorite vampire movie is. Um Tell us if you go and watch Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter and you love it as much as I do. Or if you hate Priest. Get on there and, um, I don't know, maybe we'll pick a random commenter to uh, win a little show swag. Maybe a sticker and a thank you note or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Murber. Murber. Well, guys, I think that's been about it. Lee, any final thoughts? Oh, my final thoughts are this. Priest sucks. I'm going to watch Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. (laughs) Guys, keep looking out for more stories from out there beyond terrestrial. Love ya. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial, all three of y'all. If you're still a fan of this show, follow Beyond Terrestrial on social media and join the Beyonders Facebook group for even more strangeness. Links to everything, including previous episodes, are available at beyondterrestrial.com. That's the place to go for stickers, merch, show swag, and our Patreon. Patrons get exclusive access to ad-free shows, giveaways, and the unedited after-show show. Anything you give to the show goes straight to Funk Master B's bachelor pad, which for now is also when these giant turkeys record this show. The show was edited by Simple Equations Media with music by Mike Root. Dan and Lee will be back next Tuesday with more from Beyond Terrestrial. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.